Hello and welcome back to the Diaries of a Lady Gardener podcast, hosted by me, the Lady Gardener. Get ready to hear from your favourite Instagram gardeners, allotmenteers, flower farmers and plant gurus on this season of the podcast. We'll be hearing people's stories of how they discovered the joy of gardening, learning about their growing spaces and of course hearing about their biggest achievements and fabulous garden fails, because we all have them. I hope you love listening to us chat about the things we've done in the name of plants just as much as we enjoy recording. And if you do, it would really mean the world to me if you could leave us a review because it really helps to get the word out to more planty people and share these amazing stories. This season is sponsored by Akai Outdoor Wear, which if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that barely a day goes by that I'm not dressed head to toe in their clothing, which is really made to last. I live in their thermal outdoor skinny trousers during the winter, which are bramble proof, waterproof and wipeable, perfect for days at the farm or the allotment. I've certainly put them through their paces and have been so impressed with the comfortable fit and durability of each and every item. And I have quite the collection now. So if you're keen to add some Akai pieces to your wardrobe, they've kindly offered podcast listeners an exclusive discount. So head over to the website and use code DOALG20 for 20% off your orders over £50. This offer ends on the 31st of May 2023. In this episode, I got the chance to chat to Emily from Emily's Green Diary a young lockdown gardener who found a love for growing things during the difficult time and has recently doubled her growing space. As one of our new The Mini Gardeners Club leaders, it was really great to hear more about Emily's journey and why she wanted to be a part of the programme, bringing gardening back into schools and inspiring children from a young age. I'm sure Emily's gardening story is going to resonate with a lot of you, so I really hope that you will enjoy. Hi Emily, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Yes, how are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Glad to have my voice back and to have done a bit of gardening today, got out and about. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. been, um, what did I do today? I planted out my violas that I grew from seed um, and it's like my first like flower that I've been able to like grow properly from seed. I can't um, believe you've grown so violas really from seed. Why are they? I thought they were really easy. I tried to grow them for the show last year and I maybe had like three germinate and then they all died before they hit flowering stage and I was devastated. Oh, really? Oh, these have just been in the greenhouse like all autumn and winter. I've never watered them. They've just been <laughs> sat there like just clinging on to life and they've been like my best thing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, isn't it funny how like everything's different for everyone, isn't it? In terms of like growing things. I know I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying how they couldn't grow tomatoes. And for me, that's one of my easiest things. But like I can't grow squash or pumpkins to save my life. Like I, they just don't germinate for me. Um, <laughs> yet they're meant to be one of like top things to grow, aren't they? Yeah, so it is funny, isn't it? I think as well, because everyone's conditions are so different, but... Also, like, I'd never thought of autumn sowing the violas, so maybe that's what I need to try to have success with them. Um, but you, you just never know, really, what it is that's your, like, big failure, do you? You're like, oh, why why can I not get the knack of this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to go right back to the kind of beginning of your gardening adventure and hear about how you kind of found a love for plants and how it kind of brought you to where you are today. Um, so I started in lockdown, like quite a few people my age, I think, because um, obviously we were all like stranded at home. So all I had to go to is the garden. 
um and the greenhouse was a right mess and I was going through this stage of cleaning everything um <laughs> so I said to mum because it was actually my mum's greenhouse and I was like can I clean the greenhouse she's like yeah go for it of course you can um so I did that and then I think it was Marks and Spencer's were giving away these like little like seeds away with like your shopping and they, they my parents bought loads back with the shopping and I thought oh give these a go because it was just like one of those like seed papers that you put in um, a pot and then just watered it and that was it I remember and everything, everything started growing. Did, did you have them as well yeah I had oh, them on my window so yeah and everything started growing and I thought oh this is quite exciting actually <laughs> I'd never like done gardening before um so it was just really amazing seeing these like little seeds germinating and I didn't have a clue what I was doing I think I like sowed tomatoes in like July <laughs> um I, re- I really like didn't have a clue um and then it all just picked up from there I started reading like gardening magazines um and then I saw that the kitchen garden had this like plotter of the month and I thought well I've only got a few pots but I'll apply anyway um so yeah I applied to go on that and they said like yes and I sent in all my like photos and like answers to my questions um and then after that Steve I think you know Steve don't you yeah. Like the edit, yeah. <laughs> he was like, Oh, this is really good. And I was being really cheeky. And I thought, Well, is there any, do you want me to write anything else? Like, I didn't think he'd say yes. And he was like, Oh, yeah, we're actually looking for writers. And so I was so excited and really a bit underqualified, to be honest, because I'd only been gone in a few months. Um, and then it all just went from there. And then now it's kind of become like my job as well. Um, so yeah, very, very grateful for the Kitchen Garden magazine and Steve for kind of keeping me going with it <laughs> oh that's amazing Steve is so lovely um very similar I was a plotter of the month probably years ago now um and then when I quit my job I was like oh I love writing but I'd really like to be doing more gardening writing rather than travel writing and so I just emailed him being like hey Steve I do suppose you've got any like opportunities I sent him a few ideas and he said yes and my first article came out in for the for the March edition, I think it is, and I was on the front cover. I couldn't believe it. Oh, amazing! Yeah, it's really exciting because you don't know that you're going to be on the front cover, do you? Until it, you see it in the post. Yeah. Um, oh, that's amazing! How long have you been like gardening for then? Um, so I'm in my fifth year now. So I started just before COVID, and then when the COVID boom happened, I felt like a bit ahead of the curve. I felt like one of the trendy, yeah. <laughs> like the young gardeners who were cool before it was cool. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, amazing. And did you start like your Instagram straight away? Yeah, but I never thought it was going to go anywhere. So I, if someone had told me that I would be where I am now, when I first started it, I would have laughed in their faces. And I remember going into work and kind of like umming and ahhing about my names and everyone was just laughing at me being like, Shannon, when are you retiring? Um, and then I, I started my Instagram and I just take so many photos of everything. And I was like, I don't want to have to scroll through everything to see the progress. Um, now I actually post too much that I don't see the progress because there's so much other stuff yeah. in between and so many <laughs> different spaces. But um, I just didn't even I didn't even know there was like a gardening niche when I started Instagram. I just thought, you know, like your personal account where you maybe have like 300 followers and like 20 people like your posts. I thought it was always going to be like that, but it was more like for my own sake to document kind of what had gone on. And I also thought I'd be it'd be a bit of a fad, and I was like, oh, I'll do it for like six months, and then I'll probably be done with it. Um, so yeah, did you start your Instagram from the very beginning? Yes, I because I was like, I've always loved taking photos of everything. I've 
got a photography account as well in fact I've got I think I've got loads of accounts because I've kind of grown up <laughs> in that social media like generation yeah um, where you just post things straight away uh, and um I thought oh I really I feel bad like bombarding people with all these plant posts so I'll just create another Instagram account you know um and I put so many photos on like 10 a day just like documenting my journey like you say um and then it all just picked up from there um, and it's gone a bit crazy like last year it went really crazy I think one reel went viral it's always the ones that you don't put any effort into isn't it yeah <laughs> and then the ones that you do like no one see <laughs> um and yeah it just it kind of blew up from there but I think this time last year I had like 3,000 followers if that oh wow um, so I always like say to people like I have quite a lot of people messaging like oh wow you know just seeing your account's really blown up and I'm like it literally doesn't matter it can be like tomorrow it could be next year like you just don't know do you yeah it is a fickle world (laughs) it is and I mean now like my main job is like a social media manager and everyone's got this like pressure to go viral you you just don't know you can't predict it (laughs) definitely and there's so many tips that people give out with like trending audios and this that and the other but sometimes it just feels like the algorithm kind of does what it it, it's almost like a lottery pick like it runs yeah. spins a lottery ball and it goes ping congratulations yeah. you're today's winner <laughs> literally that is amazing yeah, though, and it, it opens up a lot of opportunities doesn't it when you have got kind yeah. of that following to I guess for me it gave me the confidence to kind of pursue my dream and go and do it full time rather than kind of sat there being like oh maybe one day maybe one yeah day. definitely definitely and everyone's so so friendly aren't they in the gardening community like I don't think I've come across a bad person um, and everyone's so supportive as well and I feel like it's not like that in other niches so yeah really Definitely. nice. It is a wonderful little little community. Um, so can you tell us a bit more about your growing space? I know you mentioned a greenhouse which is very exciting but do you grow in your garden still? Yes yes I'm in my garden um, at home and then my dad has like a bit of a field and last year I was like, I want to get an allotment. And it took me saying that for him to say, oh, you can have a bit of the field. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's really handy because the field is directly across the road. Um, so I can just like walk across with things. Um, so yeah, I've got like two spaces, mm-hmm. greenhouse in each, um, but really across the road. Um, I call it plot number two. That's like my main space now. Um, so I've got a greenhouse and then at the moment I've got five raised beds and then I'm adding another six this year so um yeah I'm expanding the plot <laughs> amazing also do you not think it's funny how you start off really small and then you're like oh maybe I'll just have a couple more beds maybe just a couple more beds and then the next thing you know you're like no I need a farm I need a farm to be able to fit in all the beds I really really want <laughs> yeah yeah literally that that's the dream I'd love a polytunnel yeah um, but yeah I'm still working on that idea I'd love to have chickens and goats as well, a, <laughs> a little small holding I think it's most yeah. of our dreams these days isn't it yeah it is um and it's like it's expensive to start up isn't it but then it's worth it I think because it is a hobby isn't it at the end of the day like investing in things definitely um, and once you've kind of got it set up you you've you almost get to the point where I mean I'm nowhere near self-sufficiency but I know that throughout the summer there will be enough crops that I won't need to buy fruits and vegetables and it's kind of like I'm having fun doing it and then there's 
like it's saving me at the end from having to go and buy those tasteless vegetables from the supermarket because I know I've got my own extra special varieties yeah especially with the food shortages as well that there apparently is Um, yeah like I need to put a lock on my greenhouse this year (laughs) (laughs) um I've heard so many people saying how they're gonna grow their own tomatoes this year because of the tomato shortage and I think that actually that's really great if that's what gets Mm. people into growing tomatoes that's brilliant um um, perfect timing because I just saw on Instagram that you have sown your tomatoes today. I'd love to hear about which varieties you've opted for. Because did I see you, you're you growing 14 varieties this year? Yes, I've sown 10. Um, should I get a little list up and go through them? Because I've only ever really sown like Sun Gold. That's a really popular one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm, I can't think of it. Like quite like popular ones like Money Maker. And yeah. So this year, I, my goal this year, I have like 2023 resolutions for the garden, is to sow like more exotic varieties and ones that you can't just find in supermarkets. Because mm-hmm. I mean, tomatoes especially taste so much better than they do. in see, I couldn't believe it when I first grew them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got like green zebra, tiger oh, rally, yeah. like stripy ones. They're really exciting, aren't they? um like patio plum because I never have much luck growing tomatoes outside I don't know about you Um, I've only ever done it once and I didn't really rate them and then when I got a little greenhouse shed they've just always grown inside Uh, mine always get blight outside yeah I know a lot of people they grow everything outside don't they and they have a lot of luck but I think my plot is quite windy and I don't think they like that yeah that'll probably be it um, and then I've got some of those really exciting varieties from, is it Niall Radford? Mm-hmm. His shop, um, like the Crushed Heart. Oh, the Crushed there. Heart ones are just so yeah. beautiful. And they make a really good, like, if you smush them on toast with, like, some garlic and some olive oil. But it's like, they're, I love them for, like, a bruschetta type tomato because they're really, like, juicy and, oh, fl- yeah. like, flavoursome. They're really good. Yeah, oh, amazing. I'll have to try that because I love bruschetta. Mm. Um, I'm actually doing like an Italian-themed bed this year because um, I'm half Italian, so I want to like grow like native varieties from like where my family are from. Um, and I actually got sent some tomato seeds from, is it Diary of a Yorkshire Gardener? Oh, Jessica. yeah. I don't, yeah, she sent me some and I didn't realise and I looked at the variety there, Costa Luto Friontino. And they're from Florence. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So they're going to go in um, my tomato bed. Might have a go growing them outdoors. Um, Yeah, exciting. They're another really one that I really love. They're great for like sauces. They're just so like tomato delicious. Yeah. The the issue is I never get a chance to like enjoy my tomatoes in the summer. I'm always so busy like doing other things and, you know, just like tending to the garden. I end up giving most of them away. So this year I want to actually like enjoy them myself. (laughs) Yeah. I give so many away, but last year we made a real special effort to, so I froze a lot of them and I literally just chucked them in the freezer straight off the plant um and then defrosted them and made them into like chutneys and sauces and things like that from frozen because peak season you're so busy you don't necessarily have the time to kind of like enjoy them as much as you should Um, but I definitely recommend if you've got some freezer space freezing them just seems to be like the best way to kind of obviously it, it means you can't eat them fresh in a sandwich because they they go a bit mushy but for anything that you're cooking with 
definitely worth it. Oh, amazing. And you just put like put them straight in a bag and put them in the freezer. Yeah, so I froze mine in trays and then I put them in a bag. But I think that they actually would have been fine without having gone in the tray first because none of them were like mushy or like smushing together. Yeah, that's a really, really good idea, actually. I guess rubber vegetables as well. Yeah. I thought of freezing things. I saw everyone do it with corn last year. So they blanched their corn and then froze it. And so this year I'm growing like maybe 200 corn plants because it's my favourite crop. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I'm going to, because I we ate all of it fresh in one go last year because there was like 10 cobs and they're just so good. We just ate them for dinner with nothing else. So I was like, I want to grow enough that we can like blanch and freeze like maybe a hundred <laughs> so that we can have it for a little bit of a longer season rather than it just being kind of like one meal in the summer and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a really good. I've never had much luck with corn, uh, but I've only tried it once when I like first started. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if I've got space for it this year. It does take up quite a lot of space, doesn't it? Yeah. And the more I think the more you grow, the easier it is for it to be successful because the you have to plant it in like a grid for the pollination. Oh yeah. To be super successful. Um and I really had to like hand pollinate mine and shake their tassels constantly to get the best <laughs> cobs every year that I've had them. It's like quite a lot of intensive just like watching them and making sure that they they do what they need to do. Oh amazing. Well, I'll have to give them a go. Even if, like, what's the minimum you can do? Is it like four or eight? Yeah, I would say for me, I'd probably, I wouldn't do less than 12. Oh, okay. You can plant them quite close together. Yeah. Hmm. I'll give them a research because I, I do love corn. Squeeze them in. It's the best homegrown crop I've ever, like, of all the things, if I could only grow one thing for the rest of my days, it would be corn. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. I'll definitely have to give them a go then. What would yours be? Um, carrots. Oh yeah, carrots are a good one. Yeah, I do love carrots. Um, I I had a lot of luck last year with carrots. I think it was I just sowed them thinking that I'm not going to do very well here because everyone always goes on about carrot fly, don't they? And I have to thin them out. And then I was so surprised when I pulled them up because obviously you don't know what's going on underneath. Um, and they were actually really good. So now they've they've taken the top spot off of tomatoes I think (laughs) I love it also carrots I feel like they're a bit of an underrated vegetable in terms of how versatile they are because like obviously the best way to eat them is in cake (laughs) fresh is another good one but I love like the pickled like if you grate carrot you can do so many things with it like fritters the pickled carrot that goes in like salads just in a salad anyway there's so many different things you can do with it but like a real humble as Jamie Oliver would say, a real humble, gnarly veg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. And it's like, it's quite a British vegetable as well, isn't it? So I feel like it always grows, grows well here, like potatoes as well. But I'm not a big fan of growing potatoes. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, really? That is a shock. I thought that potatoes yeah. were everyone's favourites. No, I don't know. They're just a bit, they take up a lot of space, don't they? <laughs> and then you have to be careful what you plant there the next year. But this year I have found some varieties called Emily potatoes. So oh. I'm going to have a go at them. Have you ever tried um, growing them in like pots or bags? Yes, yes. Um, they always do well in uh, like big buckets, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll give them a go. 
I find that's the best for like the space saving. Like once the beds are full, we always just do like potatoes and stuff in buckets around the allotment. And as long as you don't let them dry out too much, I think I feel like they've been quite successful. And it's fun because you get to tip out the whole bucket and you don't yeah. miss a single potato. Whereas when you're digging them out of the ground, there's always like one or two that end up left behind. Yeah, that is very true, actually. Yeah, it's fun when you tip them out and it's like searching for gold, isn't it? Yeah, it's so good for kids, but like as an adult, I also absolutely love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you had some sort of 2023 resolutions for the garden. I'd love to hear what some of your other ones were other than growing kind of more exotic varieties. Um, yeah, so exotic varieties and just enjoy the garden more. Um, I feel like I don't think once last year I just sat and like just looked at the plot because I'm always either like filming something or like watering I mean there was a lot of watering last year wasn't there yeah <laughs> um so yeah I think this year I'm gonna get like yeah a deck chair and then just like sit and like just enjoy the plot um that's my other resolution I completely support that one uh it's also my resolution because it's just so hard to kind of sit back and relax so can you tell us a bit more about your growing space in terms of like how you've laid it out any kind of key principles you follow and then separate question we'll get onto a minute but all the things that you're super excited to grow this year um so I've kind of laid it out as in like freeze so like free raised beds by free raised beds um and then this year I've also built like an octagonal one um which is quite exciting that's going to be for my sweet peas um very lucky that wood blocks kind of work with me um so they've uh, kind of sent me the raised beds um and they look really really nice I think and they all like matching together um but yeah I don't really I don't really have something that I follow to be honest um I just kind of put anything anywhere like last year was my first year at plot number two and so this year I'm having to obviously be more careful like not, not to plant things in the same spot um yeah, then I always have like a bean arch as well. That's a really good idea to like save space, like going over two raised beds. Um, but yeah, I haven't really got a plan to be honest. Maybe I should have. I just kind of <laughs> see what I feel like at the time and then just plan whatever there. I've got a bit of a rough plan, but I feel like it is going to change. <laughs> That's what I was always like the first few years of growing. And then I got to the point where I would just, I wanted to do everything and I was realising that I was kind of shotgunning a bed for about 10 different things and then my mum would be like oh Shannon you've already given that to beetroot and I'd be like no no because we need it for this but but where's the beetroot going to go and we we're like oh god it's so stressful yeah <laughs> um, so now I'm quite an avid planner but I love hearing about how different people plan and then there's always a few people that are like you know what the the fun part for me is just chucking it in and seeing how it goes yeah yeah um do you like plan on paper do you like write things out or are you more of like a digital I'm an Excel spreadsheet kind of gal. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I like to color code it all. No, that's not for me. <laughs> color code it all, like work out the numbers that go in the different beds, and and then I like move things around. But one idea that I do really love, which um, we'll talk about this in a minute, but I think we'll probably do with the mini gardeners, is um, when people get like a big piece of cardboard and then they cut out p- bits of card of the shape of the beds that are in the space. And they get like split pins and so they can write different crops on the different things and then they can kind of change it around whenever, but they still have that kind of solid cardboard plan laid out. 
And then the second shape of cardboard is just going on top with say like, okay, we've decided we're going carrots in this, pop the split pin in. And then if you change your mind, you can take it back out and change what the bit of card says. I thought it was quite like a fun, interactive way of planning. And I always want to do it, but it sounds quite time consuming to kind of lay out the plan, cut out all the little pieces to the right shapes of the beds. and. Yeah, I've never heard of that before. That's amazing. Someone on Instagram did it and I would love to say exactly who but I cannot think who it was. A woman who's amazing, because there's so many amazing women on <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> yeah, may- maybe she'll watch this episode and be like, it was me. <laughs> yeah, but message me if it was you, because the video of it was just brilliant. And I was like, that's such a clever way of doing it. And then it meant that she could kind of use the same plan year after year and just change the little tabs on it. thought that was quite clever. Yeah. Um, so amazing. on from that... I thought it would be good, nice for us to talk about the Mini Gardeners Club because you are officially one of our first wave of Mini Gardeners leaders. Um, and the training will have happened by the time this episode goes out. But right now we're we're before the first training session. So I'd love to hear a bit about kind of what interested you about the Mini Gardeners Club and, yeah, why you really wanted to get involved. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really, really exciting. I didn't think I was going to get it, to be honest. I was really shocked when I got that um, email. I thought, oh, I've only just come out of school myself, let alone teaching other people. <laughs> um, but I think it's because in primary school, I never got like the chance to kind of grow my own. I had no idea. Kind of the extent of it was just sowing a few crest seeds and popping them in a cupboard for a few weeks. <laughs> and then they always got forgotten about. Um, and because I didn't start gardening until... When, when like 19 um I feel like that's quite late even though a lot of people don't start gardening until they've retired I just really wish I'd have had that kind of like hobby when I was going through school um because obviously when you're in school you spend so much time in the classroom like studying and if I'd have had that to like come home to and like start gardening like after school that would have been amazing so if I can inspire younger people to do that as well um that that'll be a really big achievement this year so really excited to have like the mini gardeners to kind of guide me through it because I haven't got a clue (laughs) (laughs) we're honestly so excited to kind of launch with the first wave and we've got four really amazing people who are really super keen to get get stuck in and kind of get the ball rolling but I think from our point of view the program's grown so much bigger so much more quickly than we'd ever envisioned and so many people had messaged us asking how they can set it up in their own areas and kind of looking for advice. So we're really excited to be expanding it out further. And the two schools we work with is exactly what you say. And the kids always come on the first session and they're quite excited to be outside, but they really want to get their hands stuck in the mud. They've not really done anything like that before. And then a few sessions in, you can see their enthusiasm just kick in and it's amazing. Oh, that does sound like really, really rewarding. Oh. Definitely. And especially with like watching the space transform. So like for me, the biggest reward comes from watching the spaces transform from so many unused school gardens where they might have had forest school teachers or um, other people that were leading the space pr- prior. And then I think a lot of them left over COVID. And so the spaces are just completely unused and they've been left to kind of grow weedy and full of brambles and nettles and all of this crazy stuff that makes it unsafe for children 
So for me, it's the kind of like actually making the garden a useful space for children. Whereas for my sister, her real value comes from kind of what the children get out of it. So I think it's nice that we've got the two perspectives where I'm trying to get the best out of the garden and she's trying to get the best out of best for the children. So I'm hoping that our kind of two pronged approach is going to really kind of like inspire the next wave of leaders to, I guess, find a nice balance between the two of us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I just really hope that like the kids don't start pulling the heads off the flowers and stuff. <laughs> And that's what we will be teaching them. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yes. Um, my nephews are you know. my nephews are four and they have always just had such like a deep rooted respect for the garden. And like they know not to be aggressive to any of the plants or like pull up anything that they shouldn't. And then like they know that the carrot bed is kind of where they have free reign and they can pull up whatever they like. And there's certain things that they I think because we get them so involved. And actually, the kind of core principle of the Mini Gardeners Club is not for it to be a kid's gardening club as such, is we're getting them out into the garden to do actual gardening activities rather than going down like a real crafty route all of the time. One of their favourite jobs is shoveling compost. And like I hate shoveling compost because I do it all day, every day. The kids go wild for it. And it's so funny to see them. They go, they come running into the garden. They're like, are we moving compost today? Are we doing wood chip paths today? And it's actually the like grown up activities that I guess they wouldn't, like adults wouldn't really think that the kids would be that excited to do that. But they love it and they love getting their hands in the mud and filling up a, a space and moving things from one to another. So I think that it's just amazing to be able to give them that opportunity to kind of that they literally are mini gardeners it's like they're a grown-up gardener doing all the boring gardening activities that we think are boring now but to them it's like the best thing ever well that's really I wouldn't have thought that actually I thought their favorite would be like harvesting things and like pulling things out like you say yeah um, but yeah they can come and fill for the raised beds I've got to fill <laughs> <laughs> I think I need a little army of mini gardeners to come and finish the beds at the flower farm because I feel like I could be here for the rest of the year doing them alone. <laughs> How many have you got? So at the moment, I've got 14 outside and my aim is 20. And then I've got three in the polytunnel that are the same size. So I haven't actually got that many more to do, but I'm waiting for my compost delivery to be able to come because at the moment the farm's too wet for the compost man to come and deliver to my field because of the entrances. Oh. And so it's like a bit of a patient waiting game and they're like the furthest away from the compost pile. So I think I'm going to have to get him to deliver it to a different part of the field so that I don't have to hulk like one to 200 metres from the compost pile to the new beds because I just, I think I'll give up. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I made that mistake last year. And then this year when I um, had my new compost come, I was like, please, can you put it just right next to the beds, please? <laughs> Luckily it came on like a pallet so they could just like wheel it across wherever. Um, but yeah, oh, good luck with that. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it's certainly keeping me fit, if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> So I'd love to hear a bit more about some of your kind of previous successes, uh, the things that are really like the standout crops for you over your years of gardening. Okay. Um, I think, like I say, the carrots last year, that was a really big success. Um, just because, like I say, you do not know what's going on, mm. um, like underneath. Um, 
trying to think. I had a lot, a lot of courgettes last year, <laughs> like too many courgettes. Um, they just go a bit wild, don't they? They do. Um, How many plants did I you guess, have? I guess that I, I, I had too many, to be honest. I just, <laughs> like I said, I don't plan. I just put them all in one bed and then the carrots were kind of like growing underneath them, trying to survive. Oh, nice. Um, but clearly it worked. <laughs> um I'm trying to think I think I'd like six in one raised bed but then I like dotted them elsewhere as well <laughs> well I think one is meant to feed a family of four for the whole year really that's what someone told me they were like oh my god always, you can always tell a newbie gardener when they plant six courgette plants and then they they're like god I'm I'm drowning under the weight of the courgettes yeah <laughs> Yeah, and they grow so quickly as well, don't they? So, like, obviously, you're not meant to let them get too big because then the taste kind of goes. Um, but it'd be, like, two days and then they'd, like, doubled in size. Like, how does that even happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess that was a success. And then beetroot as well. So a lot of root crops, actually. Mm. Um, like, the same reasons as carrots. You just don't know what's going on underneath. Um but I found that seed tapes worked really well for me if anyone's oh, really? struggling with carrots and beetroot because um, they've got like the perfect spacing already. Mm-hmm. So they they worked really well. Um, I've never actually used yeah. seed tape. And then I didn't really grow many flowers. Oh, haven't you? Oh, yeah. it's, really, it's really handy. Um, but yeah, I haven't really grown many flowers last, last year. My kind of whole brand is built on sunflowers. And then last year, I think I had like one because <laughs> the slugs just devoured them all. Um, so that's another one of my goals this year is to grow more flowers. Um, but yeah. Do you have any flowers? Everything. I'll probably think of something later. <laughs> Do you have any specific flowers in mind that you'd love to grow? They're obviously one of my favourites. So um, I'm dedicate, dedicating a whole bed to dahlias. Um, nice. I've never grown them before. So hopefully that goes well. I need to build like their little cages. Um, I'm dreading that. <laughs> um, yeah, dahlias. Um, I did a really nice wildflower bed last year. Um, that that was really well. The bees loved that. Um, I did that actually out of like a pallet that the compost came on. Um, but I don't recommend that to anyone, to be honest. <laughs> so difficult trying to rip the pallet apart. Um and nail it all together um and then I want to grow like more like cut flowers as well so like stocks um I'm trying to think snapdragons I've got all those on my windowsill at the moment um germinating so yeah hopefully more flowers this year (laughs) definitely I think that once you get the flower bug you kind of you get you get the gardening bug and that's quite kind of it takes hold but the flowers for me was a whole whole nother game changer and then you just want to grow absolutely every type of flower there is and make all of the arrangements and then you end up starting a flower farm which came out of nowhere (laughs) yeah have you got any tips for growing dahlias because I'm really nervous about them actually do you know what I found them really easy I think they were probably one of the first flowers that I grew um that you like I feel like for dahlias they're a real like key steps and because there's key steps, it's really easy to follow. So I actually just picked up my delivery of, I think, 100 dahlia tubers uh, from Peter Nyson yesterday. Oh, my God, 100. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm really excited. But so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm actually probably going to do it a bit differently. So I'll explain what I would do on the allotment. Get like some sort of two to three litre pots, any pots that's big enough to fit the whole Dahlia tuber in. Put like a bit of compost in the bottom, put the tuber in, put a bit of compost on the top, but leave like the kind of stalky bit from last year sticking up. Pop them in the greenhouse if you're going to do it earlier. And then once the frost risk has passed, you can harden them off and take them outside. Once they've got maybe like two or three sets of leaves, you pinch them because that makes them bushier. So you want to be cutting down to the first two sets of leaves. And like it feels really brutal, but then it does make a much better bushier plant and the stems tend to be easier to use for cut flowers. So that's really good. And then I like to put some of the shell on earth mixed with compost around the base because it tends to help the slugs if you have a bit of a slug problem, which is good. And then oh pop them in the ground. <laughs> and I would say with them, though, a well-prepared bed, like if you've got like manure or like green manure, something to really kind of like bump up the nutrients in the bed, that definitely helps. And then, yeah, I just think that they're quite an they're actually quite an easy flower that kind of keep producing, keep deadheading them and they'll keep producing for a really long time. I had my dahlias until the first frost in like December this year. It was crazy how long they kind of continued really pushing out flowers for. Oh, that's amazing. And did you build like the little like cages that go around them as well? Is that like a necessity? I didn't build the little cages. I really want to and I might do it for the farm. But I just did like three canes with a bit of string tied around the top. So it was just like a little teepee over each plant because uh, it was like the cheapest way to do it because I already had a lot of the canes and found it perfect. It was actually the best staking I've ever done on dahlias. So I was pretty happy with that. And I, I might well do that again this year because it was just really easy and it's really easy to put in and really easy to take down. But you have to make sure you stake them early. So like almost as soon as you plant them, I'd recommend while you remember it. Because if you leave it too late, it's really hard to like stake them and then you get stems that are like drooping all over the shop because they've not had the proper support. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to avoid. Um, I feel like I'm overthinking it like with the carrots last year and I just need to go <laughs> for it. Um, but it's like my mine arrived yesterday, I think, and they're just sat in the porch and I'm like... I don't know what to do with these. I'm just kind of leaving them there until. <laughs> I probably am going to leave mine until um, I might plant them out at the end of March. In the polytunnel. I might put them in pots in the polytunnel. Okay, what, you just leave them like in the box? Yeah, as long as they're like frost free. Okay. So I'm not, ta- I'm not taking mine outside because I did lose some dahlias that were still a bit damp in the shed and they all went mouldy. So I'm keeping them in the house. Where, in like a non-heated area <laughs> um just so that they can kind of like stay dormant okay. until I'm ready to to plant them all out although now I'm thinking about it I'm like when am I going to do that when am I going to take them to the farm not sure yet <laughs> <laughs> you must have loads of boxes if you've got a hundred <laughs> they actually came in two boxes uh and they were I picked I had to pick them up from the co-op <laughs> and the lady came out with like a trolley um but the boxes aren't as big as I thought. I think they're quite like cleverly packed together so that they don't take up too much space. So we'll see. But I'm very excited. I just yeah. really, really hope that my dahlia growing goes as well as it has done on the allotment on the farm because it's completely different. Um, 
conditions. Oh, exciting times, exciting times. I really, really hope that they grow Um, because you can't really buy them in shops, can you either? It's like sweet peas. Um, So, yeah, very exciting. I think that's what kind of what's magic about them is because it's something a bit unique and there's so many different varieties that you can pick from. So it's really exciting. So what have you got planned in for the next few months? I know it's like the best time of year in the gardening world for kind of like getting jobs done and seed sowing. Um, yeah, so my biggest thing is building the raised beds because um, they look really nice when they're done, but they do take quite a bit of like knocking together because they're like giant Lego bricks. Oh, um, cool. So that's one job. Yeah, um, I've really, it's really weather dependent. I mean, like you say, it's been it's been forecasted frost this week and like snow um, and that's when I was going to do everything because you think oh it's March nearly spring um, so it really depends I just I don't want to go outside while it's uh, this cold <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah lots of lots of seed sowing um, I might put my sweet peas out because last year I put them out quite early kind of like late March and they did really well they're absolutely fine um, that's always a big job because I've got quite a few this year it's probably my favorite flower to grow absolutely love sweet peas um yeah just lots of seed sowing and filling the raised beds as well like you say that's always a big job um I don't know about you but I put like bushes and leaves and twigs in the bottom of mine so I've got to go around and collect loads of those um yeah just means that it's like a bit more a bit less compost that you need to uh, put in so yeah they're my main tasks well that's definitely a good little money saving tip <clears throat> it's what we tried to do at one of the mini gardeners beds but I just I never it never crosses my mind when I'm actually making mine even though I know it is a really good I think it's called like hugel culture that might not be how it's pronounced but apparently it's really really great because then things break down at like slower rates and is it yeah definitely look it up it's really interesting yeah yeah I feel like the only downside is that then obviously you need to top it up like every single year like now my raised beds that I built last year they've only got like half like half full of compost obviously it's like broken down Mm -hmm. um I guess that's the only downside but it's not too bad (laughs) yeah with my no dig beds I top it up every year anyway so I think that in most of the kind of like methods of doing stuff you end up having to top it up anyway so yeah yeah it's really fascinating all the different ways isn't it that people like choose to do things yeah definitely I'm fascinated at the moment by permaculture and I feel like there's so much to learn there I really want to like dive into some of the permaculture principles and kind of work out what I might be able to use in my own space yeah there's so much to learn isn't there you just you never know like anything I feel like a good job that we've started like quite young (laughs) yeah we've got time we've got ages yeah so you mentioned you had trouble uh growing things like pumpkins and squashes um are you going to try them again this year or do you think that you are going to admit defeat yes i am i'm i'm trying to try again basically so like my loofers um they just haven't germinated it's been three weeks now and i think that's it for them I'm going to I'm going to try and save some more um I'm doing that technique where you like clip the end and then just like soak them in like paper towel but 
clearly that's not works. I might try them in some compost. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I want to try squash again. I'm not too keen on pumpkins just because I feel like you should only grow what you like to eat. And I don't really like eating pumpkins. So <laughs> um, I'm not going to grow any of those. But yes, butternut squash, I'd really like to grow those. Um, and someone sent me some like tiny little squash. They're called like baby boo. Oh, it's yeah. Like little white ones or something. Yeah. So I'm going to try those, but they take up a lot of room, don't they? That's my only issue. I think because they're little ones, though, you could grow them on a climbing trellis. That might be a bit of a space saver. Yes. Do you think I could do that like bean arch thing, but with squash? Yeah, definitely. That would be so cool. I think that's what we're going to do at the allotment okay. this year is definitely some kind of little pumpkin arch. Yeah, oh, I might try that then. Um, mm. So yeah, squash. And last year I didn't have much, but with cucumbers either. Um, I went away for a few weeks in like the start of April and they were already in my greenhouse. And I said to my sister, I was like, please don't overwater them. It's really serious. Like <laughs> cucumbers do not like to be overwatered. And I come back and they'd all just like wilted. She'd got water all over the leaves even though I said specifically, like, do not get water on the leaves. <laughs> and then they just never made a comeback. It was just too late to sow them um, by, like, May. So, yeah, I'm going to try again with cucumbers as well. <clears throat> I can't believe that it was your sister's poor watering as well that was the demise of them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, that, that's who I'm blaming anyway. I'm, I'm, it's not me, it's her. <laughs> <laughs> I do the exact same. Um, <clears throat> I've never had loads of luck with cucumbers. I had a couple last year, but I feel like the plants died really early on. Um, but I've got some like fun varieties this year, like Crystal Lemon and can't think of the other name, but it's another like round ball type cucumber. Because I find that the skin can be quite tough on the bigger ones. Maybe it's just the varieties I've grown, but I'm really excited to have. I think in my polytunnel at the farm, I'm going to have like a little fruit and veg like section, just so that I've got like one or two tomatoes, maybe a cucumber, maybe a melon, for like snacks while I work. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really good idea. Oh, I'm starting melons as well this year. That I've never grown yes. melons before. I um, love growing melons. Mango Mel, I think it's called. Have you tried that one before? I've not tried it, but I've got it this year. Oh, how exciting. Yeah, they're, they're like bright orange, aren't they? Like the flesh inside of them. I'm really, really excited. Yeah, and they grow. So I grew mine in my shed greenhouse the last few years. The I grew like the sugar baby ones that look like mini watermelons. And they were just so delicious and like the most fun to watch grow because it's so exciting when you see the little tiny baby watermelon and I mean, watermelon is my favourite fruit, so I just have such positive associations of like holidays and things with watermelon. So it's just they grow so quickly, and it's just the best, the best experience. <laughs> oh, that that's made me feel more positive about it because I was a bit kind of worried because it just seems a bit weird growing melons in the UK because, like you said, they're quite like a tropical holiday fruit, aren't they? Yeah, um, but I've also got some of those little uh, watermelons to try. Um, so yeah, very exciting. Because I did grow cucumber melons a few years ago, but I, I wasn't a fan of them. Um, have you ever grown them before? <laughs> yeah, and do you know what? Everyone I speak to, 
is like you grow cucumelons and you try them and you don't really like them. And then it gets the next year and you're like, oh, I must grow cucumelons because they look cute and they're like funny little fruits. And then you're like, but I don't like them. But you get sucked into the novelty of the fact that they're little tiny cucumber melons. And But yeah, I don't really like them. I tried pickling them and they were okay. But I vowed not to grow anything just for the novelty factor this year. So they have not made my growing list for this year. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not growing them again. They just kind of took over the greenhouse and I just think I could use that space for tomatoes. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go back to the tried and tested things that you know you really love. Yeah. Definitely, but I feel like they might be a good one for like kids, maybe like in the mini gardeners um plot I can kind of grow them there cuz they're just like perfect little snack size, aren't they? <laughs> Definitely. And I think that they find it quite fun. And it's like, it is a cool thing. Like novelty factor is also important for like getting people into certain things. Like I remember when I started growing, the novelty veg was really what sold me. And I was like, rainbow carrots. This is awesome. Like purple peas. Yes, please. So I think that there there definitely is a place. (laughs) for it, But most of the time, they just don't taste as good as the non-novelty things. You know, the ones that have been really bred or like that heirloom varieties where it kind of like originated where you just get the most flavor so sometimes the novelty stuff is just a bit bland yeah definitely I've never tried purple carrots actually but um I do like weekly quizzes every week on Instagram and that was a question a few weeks ago is like what color did carrots start out as and it was purple wasn't it yeah Um, I think that they do taste nice, but they're almost more like earthy. They're almost like a cross between a carrot and a beetroot. And I don't love beetroot unless it's pickled. And so the purple carrots don't win the novelty factor for me. But I do quite like the yellow ones. They're really tasty. Yeah. Have you tried the golden beetroot? Because that's quite sweet. Yeah, I did. But I think I might have picked them a bit late because they were really like woody. And like quite like ugh, oh yeah texture yeah you have to pick them like straight away when they're really little and that's like the best yeah I think I was just a bit delayed in harvesting pretty much all of the beetroot some of them were ridiculous by the time I harvested them but it seems such a waste doesn't it if you yeah don't pick them at that stage <laughs> <laughs> um so we're coming to near the end of the episode and I know that the internet is a bit unstable as well (laughs) um but I would love to hear (laughs) what you're most excited about for the year ahead whether it's a specific project a specific variety or literally just for the sun to come back (laughs) yeah I think all three to be honest um yeah I'm really excited to kind of expand the plot even though I don't know what I'm going to do with all this extra veg um, but like you say, I can try that the freezing technique. Um, with the kitchen garden, I'm doing this like visit allotments kind of series. Oh, um, cool. So I'm going to like some people's plots that I've um, met through Instagram. That's really exciting. Um, hopefully that'll give me some inspiration because I don't think I've ever visited anyone else's like allotment. Um, feels really weird to say that, but because obviously I'm by myself in this big field, I don't have that kind of like you can't just start going ask someone for some advice or tips so it'd be nice to um do that project 
Um, really excited for growing more sweet peas. Every single year, I'm like, I need to grow more. Um, so this year, I've gone all out. Um, really excited for the Italian raised bed as well. That'll be really exciting. And it's my grandparents that are Italian. So hopefully I can then just take them some like Italian fruit and veg and be like, here you go, have a taste of Italy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think they're my three main things. Um, And like you say, very excited to just have some nice warm weather as well. Definitely. It's not long now. I love the idea of this allotment series. That's going to be so fun. And if you've not had the advice from other allotment people as well I think that you you probably get a lot of it from the Instagram as well but it's like when people come and walk around and they tell you they diagnose on the spot and you're like oh oh okay well now I've seen you how you've done it I know I know better for next time so I'm sure you'll have the best time kind of meeting the other people traveling about is that what people do do they like walk around and kind of like judge everyone's allotment (laughs) yeah some of them do I mean I go and have a little wander maybe like once a month just to see what other people are doing because I think it's really good for inspiration and I think also because you can see what's going on in your like microclimate so if you're if something that you've grown hasn't done particularly well if you walk around the plots and you see that everyone else's isn't doing very well either you take it less personally. Whereas if you walk around and everyone's is thriving and you're like, oh, my pumpkins are, are de- dead. <laughs> you can see and a really good one was like the frost pockets. So my potatoes, one patch hit the frost and they died off, but another patch didn't. Walking around the allotments, it was very much like you could see the frost pockets within the field of where like certain plots were completely unaffected and some had just been absolutely disseminated by the frost so it's quite interesting to like get to know your space in that way I like pros and cons obviously sometimes when people come and look around and they tell you're doing something wrong you're like I just don't want to (laughs) know leave me alone please but other times it's really helpful and it's really nice to kind of meet other people especially because I don't know if you find the same but I didn't have many in real life friends who were also interested in gardening. So when you have your allotment neighbours, you kind of know that at least there's some other planty people around to chat to. Yeah, that that is actually a downside is I'm often kind of like just there on my own. So I do kind of wish I had an allotment just for that. You never know. I might I might decide like, oh, actually, I want an allotment just for the <laughs> community <laughs> field because there is one like just down the road for me. So it'd be amazing as well. Um but I feel like that would really put me off if someone came round and said, oh, you're doing that wrong or you're planting that at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> I know that they only mean the best, but it it sometimes is a bit like, oh, OK. Um, you should see how long the allotment waiting list is, though, because you never know. It might be like five years. And if you put your name down now, then by the time that you definitely want an allotment, you'll finally be at the top of the list. That's very true. I feel like the only thing I wouldn't like is like the clearing. Obviously, mm. if someone's left it in a mess and you have to kind of redo it all that's I was quite lucky that all I had was like a grass patch so I could just go straight in um but I'm I'm not a big fan of like the hard work gardening tasks <laughs> where you have to like clear things and pull bushes out <laughs> I really like that I find it so satisfying sometimes I think I prefer that bit to the rest of it really oh yeah. no I'd much rather just like sow little seeds and just sit there and just you know like scrape compost over <laughs> <laughs> we're obviously very different types of gardeners but that's what I love about the garden yeah. <laughs> everyone's very different very 
true it's a shame we haven't got like a plot together and you can just do all the hard work and then I'll like sow the seeds <laughs> yeah it'd be per- perfect duo <laughs> so it would be great if you could tell everyone where they can find you and your adventures and see how your tomatoes get on throughout the year um so yeah you can find me on instagram and tiktok under emily's green diary and sometimes i dabble on youtube but not very often (laughs) (laughs) i i love the people dabbling in youtube i wish i had the dedication and commitment to do it but i love watching everyone else's videos yeah so i feel like the issue is because obviously instagram and tiktok are portrait and youtube's landscape you can't just you have to film everything twice and it's just a bit of a faff isn't it <laughs> yeah it's just really time consuming I I really anyone who does manage it I'm like well done you for finding the time to be able to record both <laughs> yeah yeah definitely uh, well no mainly on Instagram perfect I will leave you to enjoy the rest of your evening thank you so much for your time it's been a pleasure to chat to you and I really look forward to seeing what you learn about this year with your new expanded plot Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm very excited to follow your journey as well and join the mini gardeners group. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I can't wait. You made it to the end of the episode, which means you must have enjoyed it. And if you did, I'd be ever so grateful if you could head to your favourite podcasting app to give us a follow and leave us a little review, which helps to get these stories out to more amazing planty people. If you've got any questions or stories you'd like to share, find me over at Diary of a Lady Gardener on Instagram. And don't forget to head to Akai for some fabulous new outdoor wear using the code D-O-A-L-G-20 for 20% off your order. That's all from me this week. Happy growing!